Welcome to Expera Marketing, the podcast where we innovate, create, and appreciate. Powered by Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Here's the host of Expera Marketing, Chief Expera Marketer, Calvin Karasquilla. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Expera Marketing, the podcast where we innovate, create, and appreciate. This is a momentous episode of Expera Marketing, episode five. Who would have thought we would have been here this long? Hey, Matt, come on. Who, who would have thought we would have been here for five episodes? Certainly not. Certainly not me. Certainly not him. But listen, the content that we keep putting out there, we're very proud of. We have some tremendous guests on the show. Today is a much anticipated episode. I think, well, let me say this. I know a guy. Do you know a guy? Uh, no. You don't know a guy? I know a guy. You know a guy. I know a guy. And that guy is Guy Schuler from Twitter. And he's the industry director of automotive for Twitter. That's right. Everyone's favorite little birdie app, microblogging site. There he is. Hey, Guy, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? What's up, Guy? How you doing? I'm great. I'm here. I'm super excited to be with you guys. We're excited to have you. Absolutely, we are. And like I said, this episode is, is very anticipated. We had a lot of people reaching out on LinkedIn and our YouTube channels and so on and so forth. And everyone knows Guy. So we're really, really happy and thankful to have you on. Um, without further ado, Guy, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your role at Twitter and we'll jump right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm again, I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I come to you from my wonderful basement in, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, who, who couldn't be more excited to be in their basement right now? I know I am. Um, but, you know, who am I? Where have I come from? Um, I've done a lot of different things in the last 20 years, but always in digital marketing and almost always in automotive. That's funny. I was listening to a couple of your, your um, earlier guests, and all of them I know fairly well, John Gray and Joe Kay and Bob Lanham and, uh, it's a small community of us uh, in this space, and, and I actually came up with Joe. I actually worked with Joe at Beyond Interactive in Ann Arbor with my first job out of school, Michigan State, go Spartans, go Green. Um, <laughs> then went on to the agency side of the world and spent quite a bit of time um, in the automotive side of the agency side of the world, working on General Motors business for about eight years, and then leading uh, digital marketing at Fiat Chrysler's agencies uh, for about four or five years after that. Then I jumped over to the publisher side, spent a little bit of time at Microsoft as a global automotive specialist, which was a really fun job, but the global part was just a killer for me. Uh, I have three small children, so that's a lot to take on, and I was lucky enough to be able to move over to Google. I spent about seven years at Google. At the end, I was co-leading the U.S. vertical for automotive there, working on tiers one, two, and three, which is really fun. I know a lot of really great people that I worked with there and I have across my career. And then finally, uh, what I'm really excited about is I moved over to Twitter about a year and a half ago. I lead the U.S. vertical of a great group of people and, and obviously a really exciting platform that just continues to grow and get better and better every day. Well, that is quite the resume, and now I know why so many people know you, Guy. It's because you've been everywhere. So for that, I think I'm excited when someone's like, hey, I think I saw you on a TV commercial, but you're, you're like, famous. I mean, compared to, to me, or sorry, Matt, compared to you, too. But, you know, that's why we're so very happy that you're on today. I think you just, you know, talked about a lot of things. You obviously have this wealth of knowledge about automotive and 
and of course, you know, digital advertising and marketing, and now heading up the industry vertical uh, of automotive for Twitter. You know, tell us about Twitter, right? In general, the microblogging site, and then its application to the automotive industry, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Twitter, in a very literal sense, is a microblogging site. You guys know it's a tweet. A tweet is everything. It's 280 characters now, up from 140. Uh, a few years back, we made it a little bit longer. The purpose of the platform, though, and we really believe this, is to serve the public conversation. So uh, Twitter really is the public. It's like a town square. And um, but when we really think about it, the audience, people come to Twitter because it's what's happening. That's quite literally what we say, and it's because it's true. Um, everything breaks on Twitter, and that's what draws people to the platform. Um, and honestly, it's been a huge driver of the growth we've had over the last two quarters on the platform. Just in Q2, we were up 34% of um, daily monetizable uh, active users. So that's really in part to how much culture is moving and how much our society and new, the news cycle is so rapid now. You guys are all living in it between COVID, uh, presidential election, all these social movements that are happening. They're just driving people to Twitter because... They know that things are breaking on Twitter, and if they want to stay ahead of what's happening, they need to be on the platform. And obviously, that creates a really interesting opportunity, um, not only for me to come on board and learn the platform, uh, and then also how marketers take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, so I think one of the things that you know you touched uh, touched on is the audience, right? And the audience is there because it's they're trying to figure out or they're seeing what's happening, right? And it's that immediacy. So obviously that means there's a lot of captivated eyeballs. So let's talk about those eyeballs, right? Uh, I mean, in terms of dealers and who we're trying to go after and advertise to and ultimately have convert at our showrooms, right, is the coveted millennial audience. And then I think even now forward-thinking dealers need to start looking at Gen Z, right? Mm -hmm. We feel that there's a, a lack of uh, brand awareness or brand loyalty, if you will, amongst the younger demographic. And as a result, I think it's very important for dealers to get in front of that demographic a little earlier on in the purchase cycle so they can start being aware of your brand, your dealership, so on and so forth. So can you dissect the, uh, the demographics on Twitter for us a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you just look at it at a very literal sense, um, 30% of our audience is 16 to 24. So that tells you a lot about kind of who's joining the platform. And a lot of people join the platform, the younger age group. You know, it's interesting because we're always battling a little bit, well, is Twitter too young for me? I'm an automotive brand or I'm a dealer. I'm trying to, you know, my people that buy my cars are typically older. Well, the great news about the platform is not only do we have a, a strong percentage of, of users that are in that 16 to 24 demo, we actually have 65% of our users are 25 to 54. So if you really think about, you know, the traditional automotive marketing audience is 25 to 54 is kind of that sweet spot, car buying age, typically have a job, um, all of those things where they can come in and apply for credit and get credit. Um, I think the platform has a really nice cut of that audience. And, and the nice thing about Twitter, too, is it typically are a little more affluent and a little more educated um, than some of the other social platforms just because the type of the, the way the platform functions Again, that breaking news that kind of, I want to know what's happening right now. Uh, it just lends itself to, to a more affluent, more educated audience. And the great thing about the platform, too, is that they're influential. So, you know, 41% of people on our platform are the ones that typically inform their friends and family of new products, new services, new things like that. So people come because things break. They want to be on the cutting edge of what's happening. And really, 
that defines the audience uh, really more than anything else. So well, we always say start with them. It's a, it's a phrase we use all the time because we know our audience is critical to any marketing being successful. Right. We, we know we may not reach everybody, but of the audience we know we reach, they're incredibly influential and they're people that are going to make a big deal for your brand or your dealership. They're going to they're gonna be the ones that are talking about the product and the service they receive. So I really feel like we have a nice sub-segment of the audience that we know marketers and dealers all through the purchase funnel really uh, are going to want to talk to. Yeah, so I think, you know, what, what we like to call that, and, it, and we've learned this in some previous uh, episodes, experiment marketing episodes, actually you mentioned his name before, so our friend, our mutual friend, John Gray, talked about this being the white space, right? So essentially, it's areas where dealers are not spending their money where they absolutely should because, you know, I'm taking my notes over here, and one of the things that's crazy to me, and I just want to drive this home for those of you that are listening and then ultimately end up uh, listening at a later date or viewing at a later date, we had 65% of the audience on Twitter was the ages 25 to 54. So that is that coveted millennial audience that dealers are always going after. But the other thing there, 30% being 16 to 24. So I would even say you need to start going after those people too, which means 95% of the audience are individuals that you want your brand in front of. Those are absolutely individuals that you should consider, uh, consider marketing to. And then with 41% of that being influential, in a purchase process, right? Electronic word of mouth. We know how very, very important this is on the dealer side and in the dealer community. These people are your brand advocates. You want them talking about your brand. When they're excited about it, they get their families and friends excited. And then your brand, your dealership gets to be excited because you have more people coming through your digital showroom, right? Your website, your 24 seven, 365 showroom. So I think that that's great. And you know, obviously the audience is there. You talked about how immediate, you know, and why these people are going to Twitter. But let's actually focus on that. This a direct line of communication and the idea that brands are people on Twitter. Can you can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, it's it's great. I'm glad you you, you set perfect segue. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's almost like we planned this. Uh, no, but, but seriously, it is funny because I, I I wrote down these two things. I want to make sure I hit on here because we talk about it all the time on Twitter. Number one is the audience, like I said, start with them. But number two, what really sets us apart is the conversation. And this this is really critical because it's not just, just blasting stuff out there. It's not broadcasting. It's all about the actual conversations, the two-way dialogue on the platform, and it's absolutely critical to why Twitter is so impactful. So the reason people come again is to see what's happening around their interests, though. This is really important. And talk to people that share those interests. So when you think about that, these are people that, that have, you know, you set your feed to work in a certain way, right? You, you pick the topics or the people you want to follow, and that kind of dictates why you come to the platform. So it's really important on our platform to really think about how that two-way dialogue is going to happen. And speaking of that, I mean, specifically, just to hit on it, as I talked about the rising growth, the auto conversation specifically, in-market auto conversation is up 114% since the start wow. of the year on the platform. So people are actually talking more and more about buying cars. This isn't something they naturally do, to be honest, because when I came over, I was like, okay, well, I'm coming from a search engine. I'm coming from YouTube. We've got a lot of auto content. What do we have on the platform? Well, there's not a lot of auto content, but what's interesting is the auto conversation is growing and growing and growing because you guys know we've just lived through and we're still living through a pandemic, right? And COVID has led to a lot of things in our life that have been really disruptive. But one of the things it's created is a desire from a lot of people to not 
who didn't buy cars or weren't considering buying cars to now reconsider buying a car because they want to be able to have that that ability to go where they want to go. They want to be able to get out um, and they want to be able to do that. And I think that's driving a lot of the large conversation rise on the platform. So I think it's two things. If there's nothing else, just remember Twitter's about this, this really influential audience. And number two, the conversation. And so to your point about the two-way dialogue, it's really important that you are brands can be a participant on the platform and actually twitter users expect brands to be there there's actually um a welcomeness to it as long as you're willing to participate and that's the key thing you can't just broadcast that's that's where brands and dealers and any market on the platform typically fails if they try to do that on twitter they just broadcast it you have to be part of the conversation you have to be knowledgeable about what's happening again Cultural relevance is critical on Twitter. Yeah. Because culture is breaking on Twitter. If you don't understand the norms of the platform or understand how people are conversing on the platform, you may not converse very well on the platform. And so I think, you know, you see this across a lot of industries too. The other side of that being now I have a two-way dialogue. How do I use it? We have a lot of CEOs on the platform, a lot of dealer principals that are good on the platform. And they're actually having conversation with users because they can't. Um, we also see this around customer service. You have a direct line of communication into brands, dealers, Delta Airline. I mean, you name it, right? right. I mean, if you want to get service on any issue, right. you go to the Twitter feed first. You don't call the 1-800 number. Right. You're probably going to get a response much faster if you make a post on a brand Twitter feed. And, and that just tells you how powerful the platform can be when used effectively. I, I learned... I learned that firsthand. I was um, flying, I, I was either flying out of Bradley in Hartford or, or JFK. I think it was Bradley in Hartford. And I had this, like you ever fly out somewhere like 5 a.m. and you're like all foggy. And I got on the, I took a picture of where I was parking, uh, you know, so I remember where I parked when I got back a couple days later. And I got on the car, I got on the plane and looked at the picture to make sure that I took a picture of it. And my lights were on in the picture and I was like, did I turn my lights off in my car? Now they go off automatically because it's a you know it's a, it's a new car. But I'm like I don't know. I'm like let me just tweet the airport. People think it's funny. It's five in the morning, so I tweeted you know hey at Bradley whatever, and they sent somebody out to drive by mm -hmm. where I parked my car and then got back to me and said nope you're good enjoy your trip. And if I had like you said if I had called Bradley Airport I would have heard back from somebody in three weeks. But their Twitter person got by the time I landed I had my answer which I thought was amazing. It, it, it really is. And, and, but it also tells you about how seriously as a marketer, you have to take that part of the platform. Yes. Uh, because you do have to care and you do have to be engaged and you really you need a really good social media team. Let's just call it what it is, right? You, you're a great social media lead who's really dialed into that and understands what's happening. And honestly, that's why, you know, you have to have an organic presence on the platform. You really have to be there. It's critical. I mean, of course I'm in sales, we want to put marketers on the platform with paid advertising, but you got to be a part of the platform. You can't just show up with a paid ad. It's so important to have an organic presence because exactly that, that example is a perfect one because if you're not there and having an active dialogue with people on the platform, it's really hard to have the credibility um, that you need to be respected on the platform and have people want to come and interact on a consistent basis. So let's talk about then people getting started on Twitter. Right. So, you know, you, once again, brought up some very valuable points. You have 
CEOs, you have dealer principals. I mean, and this is a spans all industries. It's not just the automotive vertical. Obviously, the dealer principals, yes, automotive vertical. But with that, you know, they're asking themselves a question which I think a lot of people ask. And I even ask it myself sometimes, which is, how do I use it? Right. And I think a lot of dealers would want to know how one to get started and then two, how do you use the platform? You, you talked about a lot of great things where you need to have this great pulse on what's happening, not just in your local area, right, but on a larger national scale or even a global scale. So you can kind of really hit the nail on the head with some of those viral moments, which we know a lot of that happens on Twitter. Uh, so, so just talk to us a little bit about that, about how do I use it? How do I get started? Yeah, I, I think it, the biggest thing is that first set up set up your profile, right? Like set up a, a dealer a dealer profile. It's critical. Like get it set up. Um, think about once you do that. It's kind of there's three key areas for organic content that makes them really work. Number one is understand your audience and the market you're going after. So see if you can follow other brands or other things in your marketplace that seem to be doing well, have a lot of followers. Um, that's actually not that hard to do. There's actually a lot of dealers that are already active on the platform. So sometimes I say, go, go follow the exist. Some of the dealers that are, are near you already and see what they're doing, learn from both their mistakes and what they do well. Um, but the key is understanding your audience and your market. Every market is different. There is no peanut butter strategy for automotive marketing. You guys know this, um, different regions of the country are acting in very different ways. But the key is if you have to listen first. So identify things that the audience you want to go after is talking about, conversations that are happening. We all live in this culture, right? So you, you probably fairly dialed into, hey, what's going on? Hey, have a personal account that you're out there dialed in. You know, one of the biggest challenges, frankly, what I have with Twitter is making sure all the marketers I work that are actually on the platform, mm -hmm. not as a brand, but as a person, because... When you're active on the platform, you start really feeling the wave and the power that Twitter really can create. And, and you know, I felt that way when I had a, I've had a Twitter profile for 12 years, but I didn't use it all the time. When I came over to Twitter, I started using it all the time. My like, God, I, I barely use anything else anymore because so much is happening on the platform. And your ability to dial into that that zeitgeist, that moment is so much more powerful when you know what's going on. The best marketers are the ones that are really dialed into what's happening, what other brands are talking about. You can always jump into the conversation and it can be really powerful. Um, so number one is understand your market. Number two is probably the hardest one and the one we hear most back from marketers, which is find your voice. Okay. Um, you know, there's really savvy Twitter accounts that are brands, right? Like a Wendy's is a perfect example. Nike obviously does this incredibly well. You can't be Wendy's or Nike. So don't try to be Wendy's or Nike. You will, there's no authenticity in that. And it's critical on Twitter to be authentic. So think about what your voice is. What's your voice as a dealer? What's your voice in your community? How do you come across in your community? Dealers have very powerful brands, right. very powerful brands. And the key is you already have identified likely a voice in your marketplace. Think about how that voice comes through in characters and imagery on the platform. It's really important because you can't be snarky if your image isn't snarky. And you, if, you know, you, you gotta be really careful because users will call you out really quick, right? Um, and we, we kind of say that like, the community has a really good way of kind of sussing out what's good and what's bad. Um, and the key is being nimble, right? Make sure you're, hey, did this voice work? Do we need to, do we need to change it? Let's adapt it. 
And then the last one is engage, don't broadcast. I can't spell that one out enough. Twitter is not a broadcast platform. It is not. Twitter is an engagement platform. People want to communicate. It's a conversational platform. The best marketers on Twitter engage. Mm -hmm. They don't just push messages out over and over and over again because it just burns the audience out. Ultimately, they're not going to engage. But if you if you if you communicate with the goal of engaging and having a back and forth, uh, it's amazing what brands can do on the platform and how how much stickiness they can create and long term um, power the brand can have with our audience. How, how important is it to drive that message home with dealers? Because we love to broadcast our uh, least, Colin's to blame. We love to broadcast our least specials and our ads and all that stuff. How do you drive that home to dealers? It's not about that. It's about this. It, it's, it's, it's really hard, right? And, but I, I think, look, it's not just dealers, okay? This is a challenge for the automotive industry in general, right? We, we are... Um, as long as I've been doing with this, we've been broadcasting, right? That's just what we do. I mean, honestly, if you even look at the marketing mix, it's inherently broadcast, right? It's it's always been that way. And I think what we're starting to see is that people are starting to recognize the power of the long-term customer relationship. And actually, the dealers are the ones that understand that probably better than anybody because it's so much easier to resell a returning customer than it is to go find a new one. And, and the way that you do that is you, you, that's not going to be because you broadcasted a deal. It's because you nailed the engagement at the point of sale. You nailed the engagement when you were communicating with that person over email, over phone, in the dealership. You were engaging with them. You weren't just broadcasting, right? You were trying to build a relationship. And I think that's why it's critical. It's amazing how we all know that to be true, yet we still broadcast like crazy, right? So I think the key is, look, there is a, there's a time and a space to, to shop the deal. Um, but the reality is people on Twitter probably aren't going to like rush to the dealership tomorrow. Um, actually, one of the things we see more than anything else on Twitter is that people go to search. Mm-hmm. Search is actually the first step after they see something that they're engaged with on Twitter is that they typically will then go search and follow up on it. We do, obviously, we can click and people do click off the site and go engage. But um, you know, people are on the platform to converse. They're, they're on the platform to engage on the platform. So the key is what do you want to communicate? What's critical? What's unique about your brand? And then make sure you're doing it in a, a way of trying to drive engagement. You know, one of the ways we talk about that are like conversation cards. Do you, do you give people a couple options to choose from in your ad so that it creates a conversation? Um, that's really critical. Even video, it's the same thing. Like, what are you trying to drive? What type of dialogue? Are you trying to drive with that ad versus just, hey, we've got one ninety nine a month for thirty six months? That's just that's just not going to probably resonate as well with the audience. Yeah. So I think you know before we move on to our next topic, because once again, literally the segues are just on point today. I don't know, everything's working. <laughs> it's just working. It's great. It's just so good. Uh, but with that, what I wanted to to actually pause on for a second and tell dealers, right? So once again, in your 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 list of three. Right, because I included Nimble as kind of the find your voice, like mm-hmm. let's say two A, if you sure. will. So number one, understanding your audience and your market. Okay, so for dealers listening out there, and guy, if I'm wrong, you say no, you're wrong, and then tell people the right thing. But what you guys can do on Twitter, I'm sure everyone's familiar with the hashtag, and I think Twitter has kind of made the hashtag, you know, what it is today. Mm-hmm. So for dealers that are looking for those trends or what is going on in the market so you can make relevant content, you can search 
or follow specific hashtags. And that will enable you to see a steady flow of posts that include those hashtags. That's so you can one, social listen, but two, educate the content and your decisions that you'll make throughout the rest of your process when you then need to find your voice to a be nimble and then ultimately engage just don't broadcast i mean guy would you would you say that's that's it in a nutshell absolutely and the nice thing about twitter is as a user you can go in there's an explore tab within the app that allows you to see what's trending for you what's right. trending in your area what's trending nationally so it's it's not as hard as it seems to figure out what are those trends because every hour every second they're changing so uh, and, and again, that's where the, the, those who have a voice and then are really nimble and want to engage can go in there and say, hey, this is what's happened. Oh, well, look, a couple of these things are popping in my market. Uh, I'm going to go put it. I'm going to post an ad. I'm going to go post a message organically or I'm going to get an ad out there that says something that, to that effect. Yeah. And uh, you had mentioned video, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So know that video content in general is just exploding right i mean video is the new white bread i don't know Does that even makes sense it, it's no. no it doesn't make any sense no? okay. i'm trying maybe it's not as smoothly as i thought anyway video's hot we know that right now so video is hot and with that let's talk about some of the uh functionalities on twitter with video and in particular live video is that yeah. something yeah Absolutely. So, I mean, video is huge on the platform. Um, I don't need to tell you guys, I don't think, well, it doesn't matter what platform you're talking about right now, video is big because this is just where everyone's going. Consumption is fundamentally changing. You guys are seeing that. We're seeing it across broadcast ratings, across everything, but that doesn't mean people don't want to consume video. It just means the platform that are consuming video is changing, and that's no different than Twitter. And honestly, one of the, the, the best things I think we have at Twitter, especially for automotive marketers throughout the purchase funnel, is the type of video content that we have is really great. Okay, there's a lot of video content online. Um, we really focus on core publishers, brand safe publishers, uh, the sports leagues. We have uh, all the award shows, all this, and we have that content on the platform. I think that's a really important differentiator for Twitter versus a lot of other platforms because it's not UGC, right? It's not somebody filming something in their backyard, right? There's, of course, if something goes viral, it's probably going to get picked up by a news outlet and that could run on the platform. But for the most part, it's brand safe content. It's all from a huge group of great publisher partners that we work with. So the video you do run on the platform um, is going to be something you're going to want to run against. I think that's a big thing. I think number two, when you think about video on our platform, there's two ways that people are using it right now really effectively, especially from an automotive standpoint. Number one is to launch something. And that's anything, by the way. Um, that could be a new message, that could be a new product. Obviously, with the there's no more auto shows, at least not for right now. Uh, we've seen a huge leap in reveals happening on the platform. And I, I think that's been really fun to watch. It's, you know, we've seen them all the way from you know, Toyota did one where it was just a couple of guys filming the new vehicles and then all the way to full production value like Ford did with the Bronco just recently. Um, really exciting content, video content that's really fantastic and then promoted to video on the platform to drive more people to engage with that longer form content. So that's launch. I always say if you're going to launch anything and you're not doing it on Twitter, you're doing something wrong because that's just the audience we have. They want to know what's happening right now, and they're probably going to talk about the other pieces connect. And I just talked about that a little bit. Connecting with cultural moments is why people come to Twitter, and the video content we have 
fits perfectly into that because it's, you know, like I said, it's NFL highlights, NBA highlights, you name it. Right now it's sports because sports are back and everyone's excited. Ratings are down, but the amount of sports content on the platform is just going up and up and up because people aren't not watching sports anymore. They're just changing the behavior. Right. Um, they want to watch the highlights and they're doing a lot of that on Twitter. So um, again, we're just really excited. Those are two buckets launching connect where we do really well. Again, that live video piece is also really interesting. It's rapidly evolving, but an area that we've seen a lot more automotive marketers take advantage of, which is come to the platform and actually use live to go live and, right. and actually showcase something new they want to talk about. And uh, I don't only expect that to get bigger and bigger as, as, again, as the auto shows aren't, you know, no one knows exactly what's going to happen with the auto shows. And that's a key that's a key venue for both dealers and manufacturers to get their message out and get people in front of the vehicle. And just real quick, one last thought on that is just, we've seen people do walk arounds on the platform and you know, it's amazing. You do get engagement there and it's exciting to see that. So I think it's just really what, what are the brands and what do the dealers want to do with video? Um, like I said, you can always run ads, but organic content's also really valid on the platform. And once you do those three steps we talked about earlier, um, you can really do some great video on the platform as well. I think that's a very important point that you brought up is that dealers are using this, uh, you know, essentially this tool is a great tool for vehicle walkarounds. And mm -hmm. what I was thinking of when you were talking about that was other ideas, you know, right? Because we're talking about how dealers can leverage it from the paid side to take mm -hmm. advantage of, right, these live events. So, right, that's mm -hmm. when you're partnering with these news companies and, like you said, brand safe content. That's on a larger scale for dealers looking to just start out. Yeah, have someone who, you know, whether it's your, your marketing person or your internet person who's a little savvy, maybe it's a, a digitally or you know, salesperson who really wants to take the initiative and step up. I think we do need to drive home. You know, you can do these walk around videos. You know, one of the things that I think is exceptionally important, and I know, you know, Matt would agree with me on this one, is that when you show a person, for example, a vehicle and how it fits into their lifestyle, right, that's when that really resonates with an individual. And I think on the Twitter platform, when you do those live videos and you just take it above and beyond, like you said, this walk around, which that's great. But if you show, you know, different features of the vehicle mm -hmm. and how this works with your, you know, busy life and your kids or your pets or you're an off-road, you know, enthusiast and so on and so forth, I think that's where people will start really engaging with the content. And, you know, that's how it kind of compounds on itself and goes to the next level, right? Well, absolutely. No, I think you're exactly right. And, and I think that's where, again, the, the, we can target a lot of different ways on the platform. Now, of course, we have the traditional demographic ways of targeting, but in, interest in conversation is another way we can target people. And I think exactly to that point, which is, what are people interested in? And do I have certain vehicles I know match certain lifestyles? Obviously Jeep is the easiest one because probably a few brands out there have such a great uh, connection to that. But Subaru is another one where they, they just know who they want to go after, right? We, we do this thing every year with Subaru man, as a manufacturer where they do Make a Dog's Day, which is a big initiative they do around dog ownership. And um, that's coming up actually this week. And, and that's another thing where they go after the interests uh, of that because they know that's a thing that is a key brand identifier for them. And that's no different for Subaru as a manufacturer down to a Subaru dealer. It's really not. We know certain people gravitate to certain brands. There's certain interests they are. Let's use those to target those users. So talking about the paid side of it now, obviously that's where the, the targeting parameters come into play. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we recently just had Joe on from uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Polk Automotive Solutions, right? IHS Market. So one of the things that we discussed in that episode was just about utilizing uh, two types of data, if you will. The dealership's first party data, right? Mm -hmm. So our actual CRM information, right? Our customers that we want to retain and of course we want to expand upon as we sell sure. more vehicles. But then also the data that can be leveraged with vendor partners, uh, you know, that a lot of dealers I'm sure are already using. So with the targeting parameters in place and already talking about, you know, interest and things like that, I mean, is that something dealers can feel confident in in terms of when they partner with Twitter that they are saying, okay, I know that we're going to get good in-market people based upon, you know, X, Y, and Z. I mean, is that something that you could just a little elaborate more for the dealer community? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but, you know, the, the targeting parameters that we have are demographics, location, interest mm -hmm conversation, device, brands that they follow is also really important. So as you guys can see, it's 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 a little more mid-funnel than it's going to be like bottom of the funnel, right? I think it's an important designation for Twitter too. Um, our superpower really is driving consideration. Okay. Um, and you, we talked about it a little bit in our original conversation, but um, you know, the, the low, low funnel lead, that is something we can do and we do do, but I think the power really comes in when we're trying to drive people from consideration to through to intent. So a lot of the manufacturers actually bring their audiences with them. So on board using like a live ramp technology or something like that to bring their audience and do a day, uh, audience match. We do obviously do that as well. Um, but again, it's really the goal of the campaign. And I think that's, you know, you use Twitter for a certain reason, you know, it, you can use it for a lot of reasons, but for me, it's always, you know, if you're trying to build awareness around a new message, you're trying to build awareness around a new positioning or, a conversation you want to have with the market, trying to build consideration, we do that incredibly well, incredibly well. Um, and so that's where we really focus because we know we can influence that part of the purchase decision uh, as well as anybody. And I think that's another thing. I mean, just talking about it and saying, you know, driving consideration that once again, my, my whole idea for the marketing of 2021 kind of becomes this. Dealers need to, I believe, diversify their existing expenditures, right? They need to find the white space. We've already talked about this, that this could be one of those platforms. But we know based upon consumer shopping behavior and, and basically the whole process they're going through before converting and purchasing a vehicle, that where dealers are missing is essentially this driving consideration phase. Every single dealer is going after that low funnel shopper. They're just waiting for that last conversion. And as soon as they convert, they say, well, how much was that cost per sale? Or how much was that cost per lead? And if it's $50 or above, they say that stinks. If it's $50 or below, they're like, wow, that's pretty darn good. You know, I got this lead for $50 or less. Dealers, wake up. Like, yeah, that's great. You can look at it. But what I what I would challenge you, and so is the Sakara School of Challenge. What I challenge you to do is, is really look at your current marketing mix, right? And look at these other avenues that I truly believe you're not taking advantage of, Twitter being one of them, and realizing that, yeah, it's very important to drive consideration at the mid-funnel level, because then, Guy, just like you said earlier in the episode, I mean, these people are essentially the ones that are then going out and talking about your product and the experience they've had with your brand, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and look, I mean, I, I kind of like if I could like put a massive um, plus one on everything you just said. <laughs> Working in automotive marketing for this long, um, 
especially digital marketing specifically, I can tell you that we, you know, in some regards, I feel like I'm, the, I'm a victim of the monster that I created, right? Because as we were, you know, we were 20.25% of the marketing budget uh, when digital was nothing, right? We were like, we're accountable, we're accountable, we're accountable, right? And then what you see over time is then it was like, hey, cost per lead, cost per lead, you know, throw more money at us, we're cost per lead. And I think, unfortunately, what that did is it created this very low, low funnel mindset all the time Absolutely. for all marketers, at all marketers, and especially automotive marketers who are thinking about the purchase funnel and effectively have cut it off halfway point and just said, well, it's existing between the intent and purchase phase. And that's just not true. That's not how anyone buys. Um, uh, we still go down the road. Is there a new product? Oh, I'm interested. I should do some research. I should consider it. I think I'm going to buy it. No, I'm going to buy it. That, that still exists. We all do that. We might do it a heck of a lot faster than we used to because we can get information a lot faster than we used to. But the truth is it's still vital. And I would argue that brands that understand who they are, dealers who understand who they are, again, and, and promote that brand identity are still absolutely critical. And you need venues to do that. You can get cheap leads all day long, but at the end of the day, you're probably going to see lower and lower conversion rates on those leads. We all know the marketplace is going to contract a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what it becomes is who's out there? How do I make my brand relevant to them? And I got to spend money to do that. And I, I think you know, we've even seen it does pay off because while you know half of a purchase decision is still price, uh, you know, another quarter is typically like reviews and, and, you know, what do I think about this brand? And then the, another quarter of it is cultural relevance. How relevant are you to me as an individual? It's a quarter of the purchase process. It's a big number. And if you don't work at the top trying to connect the things that people care about and build an identity linkage from your brand to what people care about, then you're probably just going to be a price point shopper. Right. And Dealers, last time I checked, those are, yeah, we might sell it today. They're not coming back. They're not a repeat buyer, right? They're just going to go down the street if it's 179 versus my 199 right? So you're trying to build a relationship. You're building your brand every time you build that relationship. And I do think, to your point, it's critical that we stay focused on pulling people into the funnel uh, and making sure they're aware of the dealership. It's absolutely critical. And, and I hope that people continue to do that because, again, they're just – we're scraping the bottom of the barrel on the, on the cheap leads piece. Yeah, no, and I think a lot of it, you know, it's it's uncharted territory, and that's why I really love this. This is why I love what we do at Experiment Marketing. This is why I love talking, you know, to thought leaders like yourself, Guy, because it really does uh, show that there's, one, so much more out there, but it provides a different perspective, and that perspective is a needed perspective, and essentially, you know, in a world where, yes, I think you just gave a very, uh, you know, eloquent explanation of it where there are people that still are price shoppers and look at reviews. We do know, and I mean, the studies are out there that people, whether it's, it's, it's you know, 2021 or beyond, which we need to prepare for, customer experience is going to be a big, big influence on whether or not a person decides to buy a vehicle from you. And I think why Twitter will excel, you know, not that it hasn't, but why it will succeed and excel in the automotive vertical moving forward is when dealers jump on and they say, wow, I can actually start building that relationship earlier on in the purchase funnel. 
to start really having these individuals trust me. And then sure, whether that's, you know, mid funnel and then they decide to do search and then ultimately get to our website and then go to our Facebook page or go to our Pinterest account, at least you're part of that omni-channel experience, which you know is very important. But I just want to drive home and cannot, you know, talk about it enough that this is definitely a great opportunity for dealers to get those people to consider their brands earlier on. I mean, I, I don't think there's any other way really to skin it, but that's it. You say this is that's that's what Twitter is, and I, I love it for that reason. Now this this segue won't be as smooth as the other ones, but we were talking about you know the paid uh, tweets and you know targeting parameters and things like that. I think another thing that will dictate marketing in 2021, which, you know, right now dealers are obviously talking about, is just attribution. So, you know, what did that get me? And, you know, whether you look at Google Analytics, whether you look at the uh, reporting platforms from the the platforms that you're essentially advertising on, uh, can you talk to us just a little bit about the attribution and, and Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do a bunch of different things on the attribution side. Like I said, because our power typically exists more at the upper mid part of the funnel, we obviously do a lot of studies through third parties like brand effects and, and things like that, that dealers probably aren't going to be as much using as much as maybe a brand marketer would. But obviously we know we can move metrics as it relates to the purchase funnel because we've seen it over and over again across verticals. Um, when you look at what, what we do, one of the biggest pieces, obviously you're going to have your whatever your Google Analytics login, your, whatever you're using is obviously going to play out on Twitter. You can go in and obviously look at what your campaigns are doing from a click standpoint to drive people offsite. Whatever you're using to use, you know, post view analysis or post click analysis is obviously going to work across the platform. I think the other piece, and I hit on it a little bit earlier, but, you know, we have seen over and over again that really the power of Twitter and the users on Twitter is that they, the next step they typically take is to go to search. And so we will see that not only when things break on the platform, but when marketers do something really interesting on the platform, typically if we look at Google Trends, we'll actually see a spike on Google Trends. And that just tells us over and over again that while the direct click linkage isn't necessarily always there, we know the influence is there. Um, And typically, like I said, what happens is that they may go and click directly on the ad. They may go and search later in the day. And so... Again, and once you spend a little bit of time on the platform, you realize that when you do get a moment and you are on Twitter, you're really engaged on the platform. Um, you're viewing content, so if it's a video ad, you're going to view that on the platform. You can get that view data. Um, but even those that do click, obviously, are going to end up doing something on the site. You're going to get that attribution. Uh, but again, I always tell marketers also to make sure they're double checking that Google um, the Google Trends data because uh, a lot of times that last click might actually come from somebody else. Right. But that influence was definitely there from that viewing of that ad, viewing of that video, interacting organically. Uh, it, it is definitely there. All right. It all comes full circle, which I absolutely love. So my last question before we let you go is, is there anything coming up from Twitter that we can say, hey, you heard it here first? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. No. Legally. <laughs> no, I, 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 well, first of all, thank you guys. It's been a thank lot you. of fun. Um, you know, what, what I think about, what's coming on the platform. A lot of our focus, you guys know, obviously in the midst of an election, Twitter plays a vital role in the election. Uh, There's a lot of conversation on the platform and between COVID, a lot of the social movements and obviously the election, you know, we want to make sure that when people onboard onto the platform, they have the best experience. 
And that's where we put a lot of energy. And you'll see this as if you haven't joined the platform or if you start using the platform more, now you can fo- you can follow topics. And we talked a little bit about it earlier from a, a targeting standpoint, but as a user, that is critical. And that's a big focus for the organization right now is making sure that user experience is second to none and that the stickiness of the platform is retained. Um, and so topics is a big push from us. We're really excited about that because not only does that make um, the site more engaging, but a more engaged user, obviously, we've seen in the data, uh, reacts to the marketing messages that are out there even more so. Um, the other piece is conversation controls, and this does have an advertising slant because um, as a user, uh, it used to be you had to tweet to everybody, um, and that was just kind of how the platform was designed, or you could have a direct message to an individual. Right. Well, now you can actually go in it when you tweet, and you can limit that to, you can say all Twitter, you can do sub-segments of that audience. You can say just people that follow you. So you can start having a lot more control over how people participate with the messages that you're putting out in the market. And I think that starts having really interesting applications over time, um, especially for advertisers. We're already seeing advertisers doing that where they say, okay, well, I'm gonna put a message out. Uh, I only want people that are already following me to be able to respond to that Mm -hmm. message. So I think that's a really interesting one. And then the last one I'll just hit on quickly because we just we just rolled out recently as branded likes. It's still very early. Um, we're excited to get Chevrolet actually involved in a branded likes oh, so that you liked uh, tweet. It actually became the truck coming out at you um, in the experience. And it's a little, it's, it's a novel idea, but it really has huge impacts on um, people remembering that they saw the ad because it's such an engaging part of Twitter. If you use Twitter, you know, you're, you're either retweeting something, you're liking something. It's just a natural behavior giving more um, power to that like uh, and giving more of an animated feel to it really does drive engagement uh, and has been really some really exciting for for us. So I think 2021 is going to be a big year for the platform. We're already seeing 2020, even with all the challenges, has been a big year for the platform. We don't see any reason why 2021 won't be as well. Um, The last thing I'll say is just the plug business.twitter.com. I tried to answer everything. Uh, but that's almost impossible. There's a lot more great information there, um, including how to get things set up. If you're not currently advertising on the platform, um, there's a lot of great information at business.twitter. Am I, am I the only one who tweeted during this podcast? Oh, you Yikes. guys <laughs> are dropping the ball. Man, I'm just trying to stay engaged here. Uh, I can on, do Matt. two things at once. Yeah, well, okay. Here's what I tweet. I'm going to read it to you. Ready? It's, uh, I think it's a plug my Twitter. It's at marketing Matt W. And I tweeted, I'm on Twitter while doing a podcast about Twitter with a guy named Guy from Twitter. Hashtag Twitter. (laughs) Boom. Nice. It's going to go viral. Got it in the character limit and everything. You are, you are the man. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on both Matt and I thank you so very much. I'm super intrigued actually about what you guys just rolled out and what's to come in 2021. So I just have one more question actually about the Chevrolet experience. Is it augmented reality? I haven't seen it. So no, really. So typically if you, if you like something, you guys know a heart, you hit the heart, which is the heart. So what we did on a few of these campaigns, only it's only a few we're rolling out right now. It's still in beta, so it's still early. Um, but basically what you can do is you can you can create an animation out of the heart. So um, we actually kicked this off with Disney earlier in the year when they launched Lion King on Disney Plus. So when you hit it, it actually became the Lion, the, the heart oh, yeah. became the Lion King logo. 
for Chevrolet, they wanted the heart to become the truck, and the truck actually animated uh, up and out, made a little bit bigger on the screen, and it was really a fun way for them to use it to just hammer home the branding, and and they were celebrating uh, their trucks, obviously. So uh, more of those to come. Uh, We'll see. It's it's still in beta, but I think, you know, liking something on on Twitter is is a big deal. Um, and we know it's a core user, a part of the user experience, and making that even more fun uh, is, a, is a key for engagement. So we're excited by it. We'll see. Uh, keep your eyes out. There seems to be a new one every every once in a while. You'll see it on the platform. That's awesome. So, Guy, thank you very much. Everyone, that was Guy Schuler. He's the industry director automotive at Twitter. And that um, Xperia Marketing, episode five, word on the tweet. You guys got the word from the bird himself, <laughs> Guy Schuler. That's pretty good, right? I still got it. Not bad, here. not bad. But anyway, Matt, thank you so very much. There are a couple things. I just want to reiterate yeah, yeah. business.twitter.com for the dealership community out there. If you want to get started on Twitter, if that conversation today had you all jazzed up and you want to go tweet, business.twitter.com. Make sure you're all set up to get the word on the tweet moving forward 2021. Big things coming from Twitter. Now for us, Mr. Matt Wilson, yes, sir. I would like to say that Matt and I have been working very hard on our YouTube channels so you can watch us have these great conversations. So for Matt, go to Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson on YouTube. You can search it, make sure you subscribe and stay up to date on everything Mostly Automotive Marketing. For me, oh, go ahead. I just yes. want to thank you. You did your uh, Experiment Marketing Express. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, that, that, where you uh, outline how to optimize your uh, YouTube channel, and right. I have done that. So thank you. Okay. Thank you. Let's let's hope it brings you results. And so for me, Experiment Marketing, Experiment Marketing Podcast on YouTube. Please subscribe. You can also find us. Same thing, Experiment Marketing Podcast, and mostly automotive mar- uh, marketing with Matt Wilson on Facebook. Please like and follow to stay up to date. And then, of course. Matt and I want to hear from you. If you are an Xperia marketer, we want and have you on the show. We want to talk to you. We want to learn about all the great content that you're doing, your successes, your failures, whatever it is. We are here to create a network, build a community where we innovate, create, and appreciate. We're signing off. We'll see you next time.